Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. This is the Rose and Shine podcast, featuring the Swedish sisters Josephine Roos and Victoria Roos-Solson. Good morning. This is Victoria sending from Atlanta. Hi. Good morning, Victoria. And good morning, everyone. This is Josephine from Bogota. So we are in the new year and getting to the end of the first month. So really, in this episode, we want to help you to keep up with all those intentions and habits that you set for yourself uh, at the start of the new year. So this episode is really about how to create and sustain the habits that you want in your life. Mm-hmm. And Victoria, I mean, this is something that you you work with. You work for Franklin Covey. The most famous book of, of theirs is Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Uh-huh. And this is, of course, also something that's part of your everyday workshops and so on. Yeah, for sure. So really, my intention whenever I go out and deliver a workshop is not only to have sort of an inspiring day for the participants, but really, how can I help the participants to really think of what are the most important habits to make the change that they want to make happen? And what is it that they can do to make sure that they sustain this? So really, the hard work That's usually what I say is not during the workshop, but what you're doing afterwards. So really, today's a bit of of sharing that with all of you Mm -hmm. listeners Mm -hmm. and and make it quite practical and potentially also refresh ourselves. And we had a really interesting and and lovely conversation with B. Bosnack, our last uh, podcast episode. Yes. And we we were really talking and setting the dreams and intentions for for this new year. Uh-huh. And we also talked about not making New Year's resolutions anymore. Yeah. But more thinking around New Year's evolution. Because frankly, it can be quite tiring to always feel this need to improve and, and change yourself and so on. So rather about how do we evolve and, and habits could be not that you want to be a completely new and better person but rather there might be things that you want to pick up pick up from other people that are doing things well or things that inspire you that you want to have more of in your life yeah and that was great and really just thinking about how easy it is to fail if you do a new year's resolution Mm. because either you do it or you don't Mm. but if you do an evolution it's really like how am i 
growing. So that means just like in any evolution, there is going to be a few ups and downs along the road. So we both picked a word. Well, I, I picked two because obviously I can make one. But what about you? Which word did you pick and why? <laughs> so I didn't go so far from this New Year's evolution because I picked the word evolve. Uh-huh. Because it felt really big to pick a word for the year. I mean, yeah. it's, it, yeah. it's quite, the, it, was, it was challenging and I had a lot of uh, to think about it. But I really liked the the idea of not thinking that I have to to be there, have to reach this and this, whatever this might be in order mm-hmm. to feel happy, but mm-hmm. rather to see the journey that I'm on as really as a journey where I'm allowed to evolve and go deeper and see all of these opportunities that I have and the things that are happening and the things that are not happening as progressing and, and evolving and reminding myself that that is, I'm on the right path, even though I can't yeah. necessarily see it. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. So I thought that was an inspiring word for me. Ah, that's And what about wonderful. you? Yeah. So I felt last year was so exciting and so many different things going on. And I think that's kind of the trouble or the challenge in my life right now that there's so many things to do and to enjoy and I want to do them all. But really, I thought, okay, so I need focus. But why it ended up being two words is because I... Focus can be quite, you know, just doing the boring stuff. And I really wanted it to be inspired focus. So to really think about the things that inspire me, that inspires others and say, that's where my focus is going to be. So kind of guiding that word of inspired focus. Mm. Yeah. And, and I, we were sitting in the sofa and we were setting, you know, we were after the conversation with B and hopefully also some of you, it would be lovely to hear created vision boards and, <laughs> you know we really had this um very inspired um start of the new year and end of the of the last year yeah it was beautiful it was, it was lovely <laughs> and, and you picked those words and, and and we were thinking a little bit whether you know that requires a lot of work the inspired focus um, uh-huh. and then now the the new year has started and and you're back in Atlanta and I'm back in in Bogota and how do you feel like it's all going? How's your inspired focus? Well, it was, it's been really good because uh, at one point I'm like, this is not going, this is crazy. So I, I came immediately back into it. I've been up delivering a workshop in the New York area where they all sounded like they came straight out of the, the Sopranos, <laughs> you know, and, and, and the next week I was in the South where this was a new experience for me where the participants started with the prayer for, yeah. you know, like blessing the day. So completely, you know, different words. And at the same time, getting my daughters back into high school and, and starting the new semester. I'm like, this is not going. This is crazy. <laughs> but then I went back to the vision the board because I thought Maybe like... Maybe focus, but inspired, like that kind of nice, inspired. Yeah, exactly. Where, you know, but and what I did, I, I went back to my vision board and I... I looked and I, I thought like, I need to change it. I was too ambitious because I, you know, put a, and then I looked at the vision board and actually I didn't need to change the vision because it was still there. But maybe there were a few goals that I set to myself that I quickly realized, nah, I need to not make them so big for this year. I need to put them, you know, tone down the ambition a little bit. But so I really challenged myself and inspired focus still really, really works, mm. but maybe not as 
huge uh, in the inspiration of, of big crazy stuff, but a little bit more simplistic. Mm. So yeah, that's what's happened. And what about you? How's your first uh, weeks going in the new year? Yeah, I mean, uh, coming back is, is always a little bit uh, intense, given that, you know, you're away and then you're starting. But I feel in terms of the the habits and so on, and that's what we will be talking about, the the kind of all or nothing habits are not going that great for me in terms of like, I'm not going to eat any sugar this year. I've still been eating, but it's still that I haven't had so much sugar, but it hasn't been that kind of black or white. Mm. But then things that I've been really inspired about, like, for example, I'm, I have the goal of eating 80% plant-based and that's really working. Yeah. And um, so some of those things that I'm really feeling, you know, that I really see a clear why, uh-huh. um, it's a lot easier. Yeah. So so that's going quite well. But I think we should dig into it a little bit mm-hmm. about what what some of our habits are, but also what the research is saying, how to to create them and sustain them. Yeah, exactly. And really what we did ahead of starting the new year and after B, we also thought about what's our sort of inspired focus. How can we evolve our podcast? And what we said is to be a little bit more focused with going into picking more of themes, monthly themes with an inspiring topic for all you listeners to really sort of get a proper tool and something to reflect on and Possibly even think about and consider your habits if there are things that you want to upgrade or change or keep in your life. Yeah, so we were really saying, you know, how can we share the things that we know and the things that we want to know more about mm-hmm. with the listeners, with you guys, for the most uh, possible inspired years? And there might be some habits of these themes that you want to pick up, and some of the things maybe not. So talk about habits and we were discussing and then we did a little bit more research on this. How long does it take to form a habit? And I thought it was so interesting because you probably did yes. this already. But yeah, it, it, <laughs> but I was reading the article you sent and it's this idea around those 21 days. Yeah. That maybe or maybe many of us have heard that it takes it takes 21 days or maybe 30 to mm-hmm. form a new habit. Yeah. And this research, so was this James Clear? Was that from uh-huh. his? Also, yeah. yes. So he was saying that, you know, they had found uh, the, the former research, what formed this 21 days was this idea around people that had been amputated or that had lost a limb or so on. It took 21... Mm-hmm. It was from a doctor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can say. Yes, so it was the plastic surgeon, Maxwell Maltz, actually, in the 50s. Oh, yeah, exactly. So he started to find out that people either that had an amputation or that had a, you know, got a new nose or it took around 21 days for them to basically not feeling their old nose or their their former limb or so on. And, and he then started to find out that, okay, it takes actually 21 days to create a new habit. And he said it takes minimum 21 days. That was his research. Ah, okay. But that didn't stick with people. No. Because people just heard the 21, right? <laughs> yes. So it's kind of become a truth, but it's not really. No, because every self-help person that you ever read, and I mean, if you love to read self-help books, I do, um, you <laughs> get to hear so about this. <laughs> exactly. You, um, you get to hear about this 21 days. And I guess 
what this article is really highlighting is that it's setting us up a little bit for a failure. Yeah. Because we feel bad with ourselves when we're, you know, doing something for 21 days and then it doesn't stick and we're not managing to change our habits and what are we doing wrong? Yeah, it's kind of interesting because what I usually do when I work with a, a group of leaders, I tell them to, after 21 days, have a check-in, like a group check-in. Because usually what happens is that there are a few that have really like picked up on this new habit, whatever it is that they're working on, and they're doing quite well and they're inspired. And then there are a few who like already felt that they failed yeah. and like, no, not really. So if they meet together after 21 days, you know, the ones who are really starting to see a few of the good benefits, they will be inspiring the others. And but you don't say, hey, that by then you should have your habits. But that's after seven weeks that they meet again. And by that time, you know, then everyone has a chance to kind of pick up again on the habit. And that's why this, sorry, that's why this podcast is being released at a really good time because you should have, you know, had a bit of time from, from your New Year's evolution or resolution or habit making uh -huh. to actually you know, have a little check-in yeah. with yourself. And then it's interesting because both this article and um, we were also reading in on, on Rachel Hollis, who's been uh, on a few podcasts now with my colleague at Franklin Covey, Scott Miller. And both of them are really talking about this uh, idea that I really like, that to see life more like a marathon. How inspiring. Uh, that sounds really tiring. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's like but what they're all saying, like, you stay in the race long enough. You know, that's you're doing it for the long run. You're not doing it to get a quick fix. Mm. And I just think that when you do that, that you're not doing it because you did a resolution, but you really want to change something long term. It's not just a diet, but it's this is the way you want to eat. Then picture it more like it's it's a lifelong race rather than it's just a quick fix that I want to do. Mm. And then we'll come into that. But then it's more about taking small steps and yeah. continuing the race uh -huh. rather than making the big change immediately. Yeah. So we have a few like, so how do you do it? Mm. And then we, we were going to look at James Clear and we have uh, five of his sort of lists on how to make it happen. But I just wanted to quickly share from another book that I also really like, which is Charles Duhigg, I don't even know how to pronounce his name, Duhigg. but he's the author of The Power of Habit. Mm -hmm. And I read that quite some years back, really think, because obviously I'm quite interested in how do you make the habit. And he's a little bit more theoretical, I'd say, but he really puts it into three steps because he says it's so important to really understand the structure of the habit. So he says mm. you can break the structure of a habit into three components where The first one is what's the cue or the trigger to this habit? So you basically need to find something or you might, if you have a bad habit already that you want to break, you need to identify what's the thing that triggers me to get into this habit. Mm -hmm. So basically maybe you're coming home super stressed and tired from work and you come in and you see the fridge and you go and just pick something out to eat that isn't what you wanted to eat, for example. And you can set up an artificial trigger for something positive, yeah, right? Exactly. So every time an email ticks in, you're drinking uh, some water, for example. Exactly. And and I, I kind of like and <laughs> the idea like every time you brush your teeth, 
stand on one foot because if you do that your entire life i mean you'll really increase your balance <laughs> so like you take you stand on your right foot when you brush your teeth in the morning and your left foot so on one leg basically there you go guys habits for this year <laughs> <laughs> yeah but that's you know so the action is you know that's the second part and then mm-hmm. the reward is you know if there's no and that's the challenge that a lot of the not so good habits usually have an immediate reward like hey i want to have that ice cream when i'm just being super tired and you i get, get the immediate cake. reward which is a sugar cake mm. whilst if you take some celery sticks or you go out for a run reward might not be immediate yeah even though with exercise I- You do get endorphins, but maybe not everyone or maybe not as much. Well, as not everyone at the start. This is interesting because when the first time you go for a run, if you haven't been running for a long time, you're not going to come back all necessarily full of new energy, but you'll be exhausted yeah. and you'll feel bad and you'll hate running. Yeah. So you might need to create your own little reward to that new habit. No, so I thought when I was reading that article, I thought it was so interesting with this uh, artificial reward. Uh-huh. And of course, they mention they mention that studies show that eating a small amount of chocolate after exercising uh-huh. could lead to that immediate. I thought you would like that part. <laughs> <laughs> But then I was thinking, like I just said, I do feel like I get a reward after exercise because I do get a lot of endorphins. But yeah, but it's true. Maybe after meditation, I will start giving myself a little bit of chocolate. Yeah, because meditation is so hard to get. We talk about it so often. It's so good for you. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, it's hard to get into your to your ritual. So I'm thinking little, yeah, little chocolate for me every time I meditate. Yeah. So I'm my habit is not to eat sugar, and I I really and have dark realized chocolate. dark chocolate. Well, yeah, and with no refined white sugar in it, then it's fine. And I've been doing really good and I've set myself a reward. If I can finish the first month with no artificial white sugar, I'm going to get to go to Lululemon and pick out a new pair of nice uh, something. But <laughs> I'm thinking. <laughs> no, but that's great. But I think we, we all know about that. Sorry, I don't want to like crash down on you here. But we know about that bigger reward. But it's that immediate reward. Yeah, you're right. And that's also what the theory is all about. Yeah. So you should give yourself something like, very quickly when you're avoiding the sugar for example yeah so that but that that's kind of breaking it down so really think about it if you have bad habits that you want to break what are the cues and how can you avoid you know what are the triggers that make you get into that and how can you avoid them or what's your plan then to to break that cue and then go in and say All right, so what's the cue to remind me that I'm going to do a positive habit? So mm-hmm. really think a little bit about that. The action itself is it's what we do and then the reward, how are you going to reward yourself for making the new good habit happen? And please share so that all of us get to hear what yeah, you Yeah, I'd love to hear you know, some of the rewards, rewards and and your <laughs> habits and help each other, you know, to get some good ideas. So uh Yeah, share that on our on our Instagram, Ruth and Shine, in the comments field, and then everyone can get a few more ideas and tips. Yeah, that would be great. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Then what we wanted to share with you, what we really liked, is... um, a five-step process for creating any habit. And mm. this is from James Clearis, uh, who's the author of Atomic Habits. And I really like those. And afterwards, at the end, we'll give a few advice and ideas and suggestions that things that we're working with and that I use at work and from experience. Mm-hmm. But shall we go through the list? Yes. So number one is make it so small that you can't fail. Mm. And For me, that really now goes in line with this idea of not having a big New Year's resolution and, you know, this huge thing, but rather set yourself up so that you can that you can really make it. Yeah. And a couple of the examples that came up was, for example, if you're starting to write your new book, don't say that, you know, you're going to write the whole book by a certain time, but set up. I thought this was actually quite ambitious. Set up, you know, writing 60 minutes a day, but break it down in 15 minute chunks. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking for our book (laughs) that, you know, maybe even started, you know, my goal is 15 minutes of day for five, um, three, five minute chunks. Mm -hmm. So set it up, set it up small. Yeah. And then another thing that I was, I love Eckhart Tolle, the Mm -hmm. author of Power Now and has been really inspiring. And I was just listening to a podcast with him the other, the other day. And he was talking about this, that we set us up to fail with meditation. He said it's probably better rather than to take a 10-minute meditation each day to do a mini, mini meditation. Ah. Meaning at different times during your day when you're waiting for your elevator, at any time when you would normally pick up your phone and just look at it stupidly. Yeah. Rather than doing that, do a three seconds breath. Like just doing the in or three breaths. Yeah. So taking those small moments to do that. So that's, you know, one of my probably new habits. So a small, easy to do. But that's a great example. And then you actually get in the routine of doing that. So maybe let's say you do a quick, like the breathing exercise. And once that's becoming a routine, then you can add onto it. Also, you can think of it like, savings you know and i saving money for example like you say oh it's no need really anyway because i can only put away ten dollars per month and that's not going to make a difference Mm. but wouldn't everyone have loved to start you know 
what if 10 years ago you had started putting away $10 per month? Mm. That would have been pretty good by now. Yeah. So uh, the same thing is like, oh, well, just do one push-up per day. That's 365 push-ups in a year. That's a lot better than no push-ups, right? Yeah. So I, I think like just to learn and, and fail proof, really. Absolutely. Next one. Yes. So this one, actually, the next one is apply the compound effect to your habits. So this one is really uh, what we just spoke about. <laughs> but if, <laughs> if you see, like, it's fine if I just start to put away $10 per, per month or I do that one push up. See for yourself in the long run. Remember, we're going to run a marathon. What difference is this going to make? Mm. So, uh, uh, so it says here. If you were to take uh, the habits listed above and compound them by only 1% each day mm-hmm. at the year, you would reach roughly 37%. Yeah, I'm exactly. not sure how that calculation is made. Let's not go there. Okay, let's not go there. <laughs> but Anyways, <laughs> you'll improve if you do it just yeah. a little bit yeah. each day. Yeah. And the next one, number three, is to break big habits down. Mm. So that's, again, here comes the example with the, the writing the book. And I think this is also key. And here I'd like to sort of add a little bit the theory from Franklin Covey. And and one of the books that inspires me a lot is The Four Disciplines of Execution by my colleague Chris McChesney. And it really is talking about, and I do find that a lot of people in general, we are focusing on the wrong habit. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we're, we're focusing on the end goal rather than the things that actually leads us to achieve that goal. Mm. So we're saying like, okay, we Sorry, this is such a classical, but to lose in weight, because most people have at some point or other, you know, tried to lose in weight. And we spend a lot of focus on looking what does it say on the scale. But we all know that there are two things that are going to affect our weight, and that is diet and exercise. Mm -hmm. So then you pick those components and say, which one is it that you might say, well, for me, okay, exercise is already happening. I don't, that's fine. But... What about my diet? And then rather than making like a super advanced big diet. Or small diets maybe. Yeah. What what is it that exactly? But what is the thing that's triggering me to do more? So for me, it really is that white refined sugar. Mm. So if I use like, that's my big focus not to do that, then that's my habit that I'm going to get in Mm. or break for me in that case. Number four on the list, I love that. Never miss twice. Yeah. Ah, I thought it was so good. It's, maybe that's going to be me. I need to put that onto my um, vision board, I think. Um, so the, the idea is that you can fail sometimes, you know, you can mess it up once. Yeah. But you don't mess it up twice. You fail going to the gym on Monday, but you don't, for that reason, fail to go on Tuesday. Or you break your white sugar thing and you have a piece of cake or whatever it is, but you don't do that the next day. And of course, the whole theory is that if you don't miss twice, you're going to reach your goal just fine. You know what? This is so funny. It reminds me of my old middle school teacher, Mrs. Anya, bless her heart. And she used to say, one time is no time. Two times is too many times. Yeah. Isn't that, you know, like, so, you yeah. know, you could do a mistake once, you mm. know, that was fine. That didn't count. Mm. But if you did it twice, that was two, two times too many. Yeah, exactly. 
And it also reminds me a little bit of, uh, you were mentioning already Rachel Hollis, and I just put an introduced to her and thought she was quite inspiring. Um, and she's talking about this idea of starting now. Yeah. And that also relates to me a little bit to the never miss twice. It's it's a bit of, you know, don't postpone it. Yeah. So you might mess up, but then there's no excuse, really. You can you can do this, you know. And yeah. That's for all of you listening. You can get on onto the race. So now, even though maybe all of the habits are not fully there that you thought from the start of the year, like it's still the opportunity. And just because you failed or I didn't do it the first time, you can still do it. Mm-hmm. So um, that's wonderful. And I love that. And then the, the final one is be patient and find a sustainable pace. Mm. And to me, this is really the marathon idea again, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, actually I, I, I read this article that so says, well, if you're reading this and you're under the age of 40, the chances are very high that you will live past 100 years old. Wow. And I'm like, what? Because you're <laughs> so under this. 40 and I'm above 40. I'm like, what? And I'm like, well, the chances are. So, I mean, there must still be chances that I can also live till 100. <laughs> Obviously, it depends on my habits. <laughs> I also want to be in there for the long run. There's but, another interesting book there, Lifespan. Uh, yeah. I can't remember the name of the author. We could buzz it. But he's yes. talking a lot about that. It just came out. Yeah. On how to live for a really long time. Yeah. And we've read and spoken about how to lead a long and happy life. And there are lots of uh, things in that too, right? Mm-hmm. So... But I think if you know that, all right, this is not something that I'm going to fix this year, but okay, this is a way I want to use and this should be me, then you might twist your habit a little bit and think about, you know, what are the small things that really can stay with me for a long time? Mm. So whatever it is, if it's something that you're trying to change at work, maybe improve... um, on your leadership practices and think about it that I'm not just in for the quick fix, but what are the things that I can do that I could really sustain and keep? So um, we're discussing now from everyone deserves a great manager on how to conduct your one-on-one meetings and how often and how regular. Well, maybe don't start from zero to hundred, like perfect, but, but start picking like, okay, let's do them monthly to start out Mm. with and make sure that they are really good. And, and once we get into the habit of that, then we can increase it. And, and and that's how you continue. And to me, that really relates to my word of the year, evolve, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it's, it's it's taking that, it's seeing what you're doing as something bigger picture and part of a journey and seeing that every small step is going to lead to that final goal and not be disillusioned by, you know, that, you're not reaching quickly enough the success that you've put out for yourself and that's maybe why habits and evolution is a lot more interesting than resolutions and and big changes yeah so that was the list from james clear and if we're going to just put in a few additional advice from us and You know, what I really like to do is to, when I'm wanting to introduce new habits, is also to say, okay, so what are the things that I actually need to do? And I work with, as you know, the weekly planning and also sort of the monthly planning. And and that's when I had my sort of, I I called you and said, I think I had almost like a panic attack yesterday, (laughs) which was good. And you were like, how can that be good? But I'm like, but it's good because 
what I started to do, I, I set up all my ambitions and looking at all the stuff that I wanted to do. And then I started to put it into the calendar. Like, okay, so if I'm going to do this specific thing, I need to spend this many hours in the week if that's going to happen. And so I started to add all those things onto my week. And I'm like, well, actually, it doesn't fit in my week. Mm. And I needed to go back and, and lower my ambitions. Mm. So rather than setting this big and ambitious goal, sort of break it down and say, what would that require for me weekly? Mm. And what would this look like? What would I be doing? And is that realistic? And start to play around. That's the beauty of our digital calendars, mm. that you can really play around with it a little bit and see, does it really fit? Does it make sense? Uh, will this be a great year? If I do this, what about my role as a mother? Mm. You know, is there any room for that? Or as a wife or, you know, as a um, facilitator? Mm. And then you see how much actually fits. So that's one thing that I could really recommend. And I think and when I'm, when I'm listening to you now, you're talking a, a lot about these things that you want to achieve and what mm -hmm. you realistically need in order to achieve that. And I think that's fantastic and great. One of the reflections that I had of my year is that a lot of my habits had less to do about what I wanted to achieve uh -huh. and who I wanted to be. Yeah, which is <laughs> and, wonderful. And what I wanted to. Yeah, exactly. So I think that you can reflect on both of those types of habits. But to me, mm -hmm. they come together because if I say, okay, I want to be an engaging mother, right? That mm. I'm engaged in what they do and I want my daughters to to grow their engagement in, in important things. Mm. So that's who I want to be, right? It's And, you know, that's the kind of mother I want to be. But then I need to look, so if I'm going to be that way, I need to put time into that. I need yeah. to do things that makes it, so then it it does turn it in to actions. Yeah. So if I really want to, or if we really want to, you know, make a difference to all of you, our listeners, and, and say, we really want to help you to get some really good tools and ideas and inspiration. Well, we need to spend time preparing and investigating to make sure that we give you the best of what we can get you. Yeah, absolutely. So after having done that, so you're picking your habits, right? And you maybe uh -huh, you have to uh -huh. lesser or increase your achievement level after you've planned it out, if, if that's what you would like to do. Mm -hmm. um, but then to actually make it stick. The idea of an accountability partner is, is very good. <laughs> that's great. So I think we've spoken about that before. But really, what it really means is find someone, maybe at work or, or someone, one of your friends, and hold each other accountable and report in how you're doing. And and usually in, in my workshops, when I ask people to pick their accountability partner, I ask them, don't pick your BFF. That will be super nice to say, oh, yeah, I've been super busy this week too. No, I didn't have any time. But pick someone that actually you almost feel a little bit, you know, you have this kind of respect like, oof. I don't want to go to this person and tell him or her that I didn't make it or I didn't have time. Yeah. Another thing that you can really do is to track your habits, to really sort of check in and say, how am I doing? Yes. That's why actually we prepared in our pep sheet, we prepared this, uh, and you'll see when you print it out, but you can tick off on a daily basis that you have completed what, whatever habit you have 
um, told yourself that you're going to do. And one of the neat things with that is that that actually creates that immediate reward because checking that box yeah. is um, telling yourself that you've done something good and is really quite rewarding. And yeah. so uh, it's a really nice little hack, life hack for your habit. Yeah, so try that one out. You find it on our homepage, rusenshine.com, uh, where you really can print it out and write down the habits that you want to track for and then just, yeah, see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And the final thing that I'd say is celebrate, you know, even the small baby steps. So don't wait until the habit is established after like three months or however long it takes for you, but celebrate the small wins like, hey, I did it for this entire week and and, and let people know that. That's really good. Mm-hmm. Okay, so to conclude, we have a, we've, we've talked about some really interesting research and some really good uh, books. So, of course, we're recommending The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People if you want to read more. And and just to point that out, so that's not really how to learn how to sustain your habits, but what Stephen Covey, who's the author of this book, what he did was he studied people that were really effective and effective in the sense that they reached the goals that, you know, of, of who they wanted to be. So success could obviously look very different for different people. And he looked at them and he said, what habits do they have in common? Mm. What What is it that they are doing? Is there a consistency here? And yes, he saw a pattern. And those are the seven habits that highly effective people had in common. And that's within the book. So it's very inspiring and a great book to really, if you want yes, to reflect. read it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then we have The the Power of Habits with Charles Duggig. That's where we brought out the information regarding how the, the structure of the habits. Mm-hmm. And then Atomic Habits with James Clear mm-hmm. that we've taken a lot of theories from today. Exactly. And then you're from your colleague, uh, also Franklin Covey, The Four Disciplines of Execution. Yes, with Chris McChesney. Exactly. So, uh, yes, that's our recommendations, how to, or that's our research that we've done for you guys to help you and us sustain our habits over the year. Yes. And, you know, there are also a few podcasts that you can review and look back to that is in our library. For example, if you want to set up a healthy um, physical activity, you can go in and look on our 10-week challenge. I mean... Browse our library. This is our 50th episode, actually. Hey, celebration. (laughs) So uh, there's lots of things in there, depending on what habits you're looking for. Yes. So um, and and then go into our website, uh, download the pep sheet and the tracking uh, or the tracking sheet, which is the pep sheet this week. And then uh, stay tuned as we uh, hope to deliver some really nice contents and habits and inspiration for you this year. So thank you everyone for listening and talk to you soon. Ciao. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.